This Thursday night, we gather for Christmas Eve, Friday morning for Christmas. The four candles are lit on the Advent wreath. So we're very close to the celebration of Christmas, the birth of Jesus. But before speaking about the birth of Jesus, today I invite us to meet the parents. Think about Jesus' parents. Let's start with Jesus' mother, Mary. Today's gospel tells us that she was a virgin, betrothed to Joseph. Uh, she lived in Nazareth. Our guess is, as it was typical back then, she would have been a teenager. And she has this encounter with the angel Gabriel. And the angel tells her, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. And Mary responds uh, with that, that trust in the message of the angel. Even though she didn't know what this would entail or what risk it might happen, she says, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Mary is considered Jesus' first disciple since even before Jesus' birth, she was already connected to him. She was present at his first sign, the wedding at Cana. And you think about it, um, here's this wedding going on, and back then they, they had big weddings. And I was in Cana a few years ago, and I asked them, well, how are your weddings today? Oh, we still have big ones, they said. So, and to run out of wine would be about the worst thing. It was, it was just considered, oh my gosh, this is such an embarrassment for the family putting on the wedding. Mary's the one who notices and brings it to Jesus' attention to say, hey, they have no more wine. And Jesus responds to his mother's request. And, uh, and so he tells the waiters, you know, with the water. And, and she tells the waiters, the servers, do whatever he tells you. That's a pretty good piece of advice for us. Do whatever Jesus tells you. Mary's also the one who, right after this gospel, when the angel says that, know that your kinswoman Elizabeth, uh, who was, it was an old woman, but she's now in her sixth month, and Mary responds to the news by saying, well, I think I'd better go help out Elizabeth. So she goes from Nazareth in the northern part of Israel down to traditionally Ein Kerem, is the place of where Elizabeth was. And so she went there to stay with Elizabeth to help take care of her. Mary was present at the foot of the cross. Mary was there at Pentecost with the descent of the Holy Spirit. We speak of Mary as the mother of the church, our mother. Now, Jesus' father. When Mary finds out she's to have a child, she asks the angel, how can this be since I have no relations with a man? And then the angel Gabriel replies, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The child to be called holy, the Son of God. Jesus is God's Son. God is Jesus' Father. And we get a sense of that when Jesus is 12 years old and his family are, are very faithful. They go to the temple down in Jerusalem. And on the way back, uh, Mary and Joseph just kind of, they don't see Jesus. They figure, ah, he's probably with the relatives. And all of a sudden they realize, no, he's not. 
So they go back to Jerusalem. They spend three days searching the city for him. And at last, on the third day, they find him in the temple. And Mary says to him, son, why have you done this to us? And Jesus responds, why did you search for me? Did you not know I had to be in my father's house? He said this not to be sassy to his mother, but because this is a lesson for us. Jesus is about God the Father, the Father's house. Uh, In another translation, did you not know that I needed to be about my father's business? Jesus is about doing the will of the Father. And what is the Father's will? That Jesus is the one who reveals God's love for us in human flesh. God becoming one of us. Now, we've got a third figure here. Jesus' foster father, Joseph. And when you read the scriptures, you're not going to find very much about Joseph. About all we know is from Matthew that he was a just man. And that like Mary, he was somebody who was willing to listen to the voice of an angel and take the angel's uh, voice to heart. It says that when Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant and here he is betrothed to her and he knows nothing about this, uh, he was going to divorce her quietly. But it was the angel's message that said, go ahead, take Mary into your house, marry her. And he does so. He obeys this message from the angel. And then later, when King Herod is uh, prepared to kill all the babies, the baby boys, uh, because of the, they thought the threat to his being a king, uh, Joseph is the one that again receives the message from the angel in a dream, and he protects Mary and the baby Jesus. He leaves their homeland, and they dwell as foreigners in Egypt for years. Now, after the finding in the temple, Luke Chapter 2, verse 53, tells us that Jesus progressed steadily in wisdom and age and grace. Now, you might think, well, what's the big deal? Jesus is God. He's got that all down already. Jesus is fully human. He's like us in all things but sin. So just like us, he's got to learn. Who does he learn from? Well, like us, he learns from his mom and dad. So we learn from wisdom and grace from Mary and Joseph. And you think about that with Joseph. Joseph was a carpenter. Imagine Jesus in Joseph's workshop in Nazareth, and Joseph teaching him about wood, about how to drive a nail with a hammer, to drill a clean, deep hole in a plank, to level a ledge or a lintel. Joseph would have passed on the values you need to be a good carpenter. Patience. Don't use the wood until when it's too green, but wait till it dries. Um, Persistence, you know, uh, I think about if anybody's ever done sanding. And I remember when I was sanding as a boy, I I did a lot of sanding. It must be done. And dad said, no, it's not. Uh, You learn persistence if you do things like that. Uh, You learn honesty in working with customers, uh, the value of hard work. These were all things, I think, that Joseph passed on to Jesus. On the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, December 8th in 1870, Pius IX proclaimed Joseph as the patron of the Universal Church. We would have been on the 150th anniversary of it on December 8th, this Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Pope Francis, to honor that feast, that anniversary of 150 years, 
uh, declared this year as the year of St. Joseph. So we are living in the year of Joseph. Pope Francis released an apostolic letter, and it's titled Patrice Corday. That's the Latin Patrice. That means father. Corday means heart. So it means with a father's heart. That's the sense of Joseph that he wanted to describe. And in his letter, he talks about not only wanting to do this because of the 150th anniversary, but also because of the pandemic. He writes, amid this crisis, um, we, what we've experienced is how our lives are woven together and sustained by ordinary people, people often overlooked, people who do not appear in newspaper and magazine headlines or on the latest television show, yet in these very days are surely shaping the decisive events of our history. Doctors, nurses, storekeepers, supermarket workers, cleaning personnel, caregivers, transport workers, men and women working to provide essential services and public safety, volunteers, priests, men and women religious, and so many others. They understood that no one is saved alone, how many people daily exercise patience and offer hope, taking care to spread not panic, but shared responsibility. How many fathers, mothers, grandparents, and teachers are showing our children in small everyday ways how to accept and deal with a crisis by adjusting their routines, looking ahead, and encouraging the practice of prayer. How many are praying, making sacrifices, and interceding for the good of all? Each of us can discover in Joseph, the man who goes unnoticed, a daily discreet and hidden presence, an intercessor, a support and a guide in times of trouble. St. Joseph reminds us that those who appear hidden or in the shadows can play in an incomparable role in the history of salvation. And so we don't know much about Joseph from scriptures. He's kind of got a hidden life. But the Pope really brings out, I think this is an especially a good time to appreciate as we realize all the people in very quiet and hidden ways are helping us uh, through this pandemic. And uh, so when you go home today, uh, on your way out of church, take a look at Joseph and Mary. If you've got a crib scene at home, Maybe take a, hold that Joseph in your hand or that statue of Mary. Take a close look. Give thanks to God for these powerful intercessors on our behalf. And then as we prepare these final days of Advent for the celebration of Christmas, give thanks to God who out of love for us became one of us.